Done with frizz? Say goodbye to that poof. Repel humidity and tame those flyaways. One drop, frizz stops with John Frieda Frizzy Serum. Your hair talks and frizz never interrupts. John Frieda Frizzy Serum. One drop, frizz stops. Only from John Frieda. Want to make your blonde blonde? Sheer Blonde Go Blonder Collection by John Frieda lightens and brightens hair to full shades to give you your best blonde every day. Your hair talks. Make a statement with Sheer Blonde Go Blonder Collection. Only from John Frieda. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a January 17th Tuesday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your co-host for the day, Eric Garcia-Gunderson, and today I am joined by Dane Carbaugh from NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk, Blazers Edge, and Locked On Blazers. What it do? Yeah, I'm happy to be back. And uh, hey, I'm I'm feeling really locked on Blazers right now. I'm really I'm really focused. I'm locked in. So I'm just you know just loving the namesake. So that's right. I I feel very locked in. Uh, I think. This goes for probably those of you who are listening that you probably wish the Blazers were a little bit more locked in. <laughs> for certain. Uh, uh, yeah, the Blazers uh, had a really bad loss yesterday after a really bad loss on Friday to the Orlando Magic. Dane, uh, this has kind of been the season, hasn't it? It has kind of been the season. I think I, I don't specifically know – what to say about those losses other than I think if you take a look at say the last five games you have teams in bad situations like Cleveland and Los Angeles who's floundering of their own accord uh, a loss against Detroit which could have could have been a win let's say it could have been a win but Detroit is also I think just from a roster perspective but kind of a bad matchup for the Blazers given they have a high scoring guard and a really big um, you know center Andre Drummond and then Orlando and Washington, you know, okay, you could also say Washington was at 11 a.m. our time, uh, which is a weird time to play a basketball game, much less on the road where the team wasn't expected to be good on the road anyways. And Orlando, a team that for as, as bad as you think that they are, has the same record as the Blazers or they're thereabouts. So I, I don't know. It's looking at the performances specifically against Washington, they jumped out to that was like a 10 point nothing lead or something like that in the first quarter it was kind of just a disaster that's the kind of thing that uh, look i mean john wall is one of the best point guards in the east and uh that's one of the best backcourts in the east i think when they're playing well together offensively and we know that the blazes are not a good defensive team i think i think where i've kind of come down on it and we still have time obviously we're halfway through the season but where i kind of come down on it is still whether or not the the defensive switch where they they're setting different pick and roll strategies by game or even individually by by what players are on the court they're calling it out you could hear them calling it out against Washington you could hear them call out white to to jump jump picks or you could hear them call them out black or blue to ice picks um so they're they're going on a case by case basis i i think that at the end of the day i still don't think the blazers are a very good defensive team they don't have very good defensive personnel I still think there's a roster change to be made. So 
last year we saw them make a defensive switch and and move up the ranks a little bit but what do they end up at like 16 17 18 in terms of efficiency like the hope is that they won't be historically terrible and sort of unbearable to watch on a nightly basis for people like you and me and fans listening to this podcast uh, so uh, I, I there's not there's not a, a very high ceiling i think to be perfectly honest so where i'm at with it is i think they're still a bad team they're still working or sorry they're a bad defensive team they're still working on that defensive switch and there's still going to be nights like this and we saw that against orlando and washington hey uh there's i mean the sample that we have so far says that the Blazers are not a good team and they're not as good as, you know, they're about the same level as Orlando as much as uh, we we make as much as I made uh, about that loss and as much as uh, everyone made about that loss after the Cleveland game, uh, Cleveland going through their own struggles. And yeah, I want to talk to you about the pick and roll defense because I'm curious. I I know it seems like they're going on a case by case basis, and what what Terry Stotts has said is that he's letting guys make the call out there, or that you know he's giving them freedom, what have you. But it's evident from the Toronto game on that they were more liberal with letting the guys blitz, being putting more pressure, and it felt like I don't know either Bradley Beal kind of blew up whatever scheme they had when he hit two threes uh, around screens which weren't pick and rolls or. They just decided to dare, and another, you know, on John Wall, it seemed like maybe they dared him to shoot a little bit, which I, I kind of understand, but it's also you're giving him a full head of steam driving to the basket, and and so I mean it's it's hard against that backcourt either way, but it seems like the the case by caseness opens them up to these lulls sometimes because they're aggressive at times, and then they're just kind of okay, well we're hanging back, it, it, which is it. It, it, it seems like they don't know, and I understand the going to be case by case on certain guys, but it hasn't just been superstars that have killed the Blazers this year. I, I've talked about the Delhi game and and the Tony Douglas game and Alfred Payton getting buckets. Like I, Ian, it, Clark. It, 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 Ian Clark. Ian Clark. There are guys that go off against the Blazers that aren't superstars, so for them to t- cater their defensive scheme towards, okay, well, we'll switch it in case you know we place guys that can – shoot really well or can it score 30 plus points whatever like other guys have hurt them too i i i'm i'm definitely in the camp of uh they should do something defensively and maybe whatever it is they're they top out at average but they there's still a lot of room to get from where they are now to average. Well, we also have we also like have a lot of time think about it this way they they made that switch uh what the day after christmas or something and it's January whatever day it is it's January 17th it's it's you know a little a little more than two weeks when we have months and months of season before that to see well well that, that didn't work now I think you're right because given their record after they're four and five since uh, since uh, that Raptors game or, or including that Raptors game and that's basically what their record is now you know around around 400 um or, or and they played really good teams and they in played that really stretch. good teams in that stretch so it's I think it's if you're looking at it on a case by case basis, I think a lot of times you've seen it work in little things, especially given that the rotations have worked after the pass has been made to get the ball out of somebody's hands. For example, Reggie Jackson had three three assists. I mean, given he was scoring a lot, but also that could have been to because he was there was overtime and you know ten extra periods of, of or ten extra minutes of extra period. So they get the ball out of his hands. That's that's a that's one goal. Okay, now we have to stop him doing this, and then we have to do this, and we have to do that. But it's it's uh, you know a piece by piece basis. And I think the other part of it is that's kind of because 
you're right. It's not all-stars problems. It's not all-stars problems. I think there was a couple uh, times there where, like, um, against the, the Wizards in the second half, where I saw rotations off of that blitz get messed up, and then, like, and I, and I knew that they had gone wrong, not just because the Wizards had scored, but I saw, like, specifically I was watching, like, Myers Leonard, who is good. He knows the system, at least. He wasn't. He didn't mess up rotation, but but the guard and the forward on the other side of the ball missed it, and you could see him react, be like, you know, clap his hands, be like, that's not. And then time I get called, like that's not the way you go, you know, or whatever it was. It's like okay, whatever the scheme right. was supposed to be on there, somebody messed it up outside, and like the rotation wasn't right off of the you know the second wing or whatever. So they're messing that up. But I also think it could be interesting because they're they're probably they still have to handle. I mean, their biggest defensive. Two of their biggest defensive liabilities are their two star players in Damian and CJ, and you kind of have to handle them with kid gloves, not only because of whatever their actual on-court ability is in terms of defense, but whatever their learning curve is for doing something different, and the fact that, I mean, they're the stars of the team. They're a combined $200 million of players put together. So can you really just rip them every single film session? Probably not. But could that be it? I I don't know. So again, I'm still like, let's just give it time, and I think... The reason why I say that, too, for Blazers fans who may be frustrated at this point in the season is because this is a season all about time. This is a season about growing and learning what's going to happen and learning what players are going to get rid of and what they're going to move forward in the future. This is not a season for winning. This is a season for learning, and it's a season about time. So continue to give them time. Yeah, and I, I, I think I, I did the uh, midseason. I did a little excerpt for the midseason report on Locked On NBA, which you should definitely go check out. Uh, we've done the Eastern Conference, and we're doing the Western Conference now, uh, hosted by David Locke. But in there, I mean, I, I still think that they should – yeah, the team needs time. It, it, the trade deadline's coming up, and I wouldn't even consider the Blazers buyers or sellers. They're going to be active because they're still trying to figure out what they're going to do with the team, but – I, I think they're still, you know, they're still going to try and call about assets and uh, they have a bunch of guys that are signed to long-term contracts. But the CJ conversation, for instance, I don't think that I'm still in, I'm still of the opinion that they can keep those two guys, but, and, and, and I, I still think they have that time. Because CJ's extension doesn't kick in until next year, and then he has four more years after that, so it's not like he's gonna be an you know an untradeable guy next year or or this summer or whatever. If you decide that you have to go that way, or the summer after that, where he still has three more years on his contract, you know, like if it doesn't work after this point, then you say, okay, now we have a representative sample that really says we can't get it done with these and, two and guys. I, and I've, and I've said before that I, I don't think, I think that's 18 months away for Damian and CJ because the way the roster is made up, you can't say, I mean, with those guys played a lot of minutes, granted CJ in a different role and different reduced minutes role, but we've said, we've seen Damian, like we've seen the Blazers be a middling to sort of good defensive team when they had good defensive players around the rest of the roster. And of course, that's what Neil O'Shea wants to do. Neil O'Shea doesn't need to add three more scoring superstars, right? He needs to add a couple of big men. He needs to sort of fill it out, make sure that that depth that we saw at the beginning of the season uh, mixes in offensively and makes sense defensively. Uh, He needs to, like, build out the rest of the team, and he has all these assets gathered, and that's why he's going to move them. So you can't make that decision until you have the rest of that fleshed out. So you have to figure it out first. And so I I agree with you. I think that uh, as much as it, it does seem that as crazy as it sounds, like you could make an argument that, well, if Alan Crabb was going to not play like such a goober with when, when CJ went out and he came back and sort of lit it up and then 
uh, or sorry, not when uh, when Damian went out, um, and when Damian came back, he's still playing well. Great, and you can certainly say, look, Alan Crabb is probably at some point in time going to be a starting level caliber player, or you could see him being a starter on a team that's other like more filled out across the rest of the roster. That could be the Blazers. I don't know. That that could be the Blazers, but it won't be the Blazers for a while because we still don't know about the rest of the roster and how they fit in on a good t- defensive team put together. Because you could have n- not every single player on good playoff teams are, uh, you know, defensive stalwarts. Some are liabilities. So, and those liabilities for the Blazers might be Damian and CJ for years to come. Right, and yeah, you have to scheme around that. You have to. Uh, you deal with that. I mean, n- not uh, not everyone on the Cavaliers is a good defender. Not everyone on the Warriors is a good defender. You know, they, people get targeted. And, and so that's what happens. And you've got to figure out ways to kind of scheme against that. And I know that people are going to say, well, what happens in the playoffs when, well, then if they're going to post them up, post them up. You know, it's like most guys are not that great, you know, whatever. And so I, 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 I yeah, the conversation about, about, retooling I think is definitely retooling is definitely the conversation I would not necessarily change the identity of this team I don't think that uh breaking up Lillard McCollum yet is the answer I think that the assets that they have could help them change the team around them to give them another shot and 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 and, I have a question for you then just not as a not as a uh I don't want you to speak from a perspective of what you think Blazers fans should think or whatever because I think they have they're pretty polarized on it would you be upset? Do you think personally um, that the Blazers, if they don't make a move for a crab or somebody else, um, at, by, by by the deadline this year, do you think they're sort of losing out on that? Do you think they're just sitting around, or do you think that's a missed opportunity? No, I don't, because Crab is going to be under contract for three more years, and even if they wait to the next trade deadline, and so not this one, but the next one, he will have two and a half years after that or whatever. I mean, he He's the one good thing about Portland being capped out and giving money to a lot of these guys, specifically guys like Crab or Harkless even, is that they have years left on their contract if you do decide to move them and they will still have value a year from now, two years from now, because they're under contract for so long. And I, I, I think that that will be beneficial to them because then you're not being like, okay, this guy's in a contract year. He's going to leave in three months. Give us a draft pick I, or, right. or whatever. And so I, I think that, I mean, there's a conversation. I, 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 I don't, I, I don't know the veracity of, I trust the draft people that have analyzed the draft that say that this draft is really deep in rotation players. So maybe there's a lot of thinking, uh, right now that maybe it's best to trade players now for picks in this upcoming draft. But, you know, you get caught up in that group think too. I mean, if that's the case, then Olshay, I think will go for it. But I, it remains to be seen whether they, I, I, I think if they move someone like crab this year for a draft pick or whatever, then, then they believe in someone or they get someone like a, you know, that everyone wants the Nurkic or Nerland's Noel then you know that they really like them, but I don't think they are losing anything by not moving those guys. Yeah, I right think now. the conversation we've had a lot recently is really about what's available and who makes sense. Like, for example, you know, trading CJ for New Orleans Duval doesn't make any sense, right? People have talked about that, which is like, no. 
that's a completely uneven yeah. deal. CJ 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 McCollum is way better yeah. than Nurse. And, and well. e- even the, the, even like, sending even that. sending Crab that direction is like Okay, so what is Philly sending back in picks then? Because Nerlens Noel is a big man who's unproven, who has who has an injury history. Now the Blazers in eighteen months could say, okay, now send us Nerlens Noel because he's had eighteen months of injury free uh, uh, history. He's he's played a lot. He's gotten better. We can see a uh, a more realistic view of his projection as an NBA player. Now we're sending a crab for Nerlens Noel. So I think that could possibly happen too. I think the Blazers are maybe maybe in a, a tough situation with that kind of stuff because around the league, you know, it's not just about like. Uh, ooh, who can you grab or whatever and, 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 and smash together on a team. It's about what other teams need. I think a lot of times people talk about, I've been saying this for just, I mean, months about, um, you know, about the whole trading CJ thing back when it was DeMarcus Cousins or whatever. It's like, you're not trading CJ for another star. You need the third star. You need to add a third star. You're making a giant package for a third star. You're not sending away a player. And no, neither is a, a team with one star sending you their star for CJ because they're also in the same position. They have their first star. They're trying to add their second. Like, that's not how the NBA works. You don't just swap stars for no reason. Well, that's the thing that uh, I come back to every time I think of the CJ conversation, and I'm with you, is that you need a guy like CJ McCollum next to Damian Lillard. You need a guy that is a star that can create on his own. I mean, the precedent has been set. You need three guys that are amazing scorers or at least amazing offensive players on a team together to win a championship. So if that's the goal, for if, if that's the goal – Trading C.J. McCollum for, in theory, DeMarcus Cousins or whatever, that's still your second star, and then you're still in the same place that you're in right now. You just have to fill different holes now. And and, and so, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily know uh, where trading C.J. really gets them still. I mean, that's it's a problem, but I just think as unsexy as it is to say, I think Portland should – trust the process a little bit yeah they certainly done that so far we know that that's neil o'shea's mo it'll be interesting to see if uh, for blazers fans obviously but for uh for the team just to see i don't know where they where they go and if they can can figure something out i do think that they are um kind of in a pickle with their uh with the assets they've gathered all of their assets have started to play better evan turner's played better alan Crabbe's played better obviously mo harkless has been pretty solid the rest of the season uh alfred camino is healthy obviously he's not necessarily a trade asset um same thing with mason Plumley. it's like he's a he's on a he's a contract coming up so it's like yeah but uh no one's gonna trade anything of value exactly for a guy that's gonna yeah, get he, he would be salary filler in any situation anyways so um but Hey, I, I think uh, approaching the deadline, it's going to be interesting for the Blazers. I don't know if they make that um, that big trade everybody wants. And once again, I, I feel like it might people might get a little exasperated um, by that. And I think uh, I'm just hoping, you know, if we started the conversation with the whole thing about the pick and roll defense, I hope it gets better because watching them play a couple good defensive games, it was just so much nicer to watch the Blazers play because they've kind of been, I don't know, just... Uh, just a just a, a wait to, to watch after you know after 20 games of the season it was just like oh my gosh I have to watch this team again um, which is not, not not a fun place to be in and uh, it's funner it's a funner place to be in if you have a bad team if you're like watching a, a Philly or a Damien's first year where it's like ooh let's let's see what all these young guys are gonna do and now it's like all these 26 year olds are like floundering together <laughs> it's not very fun so uh, yeah no. it, it'll be interesting deadline coming up for the Blazers for sure. 
yeah, I'm definitely interested uh, in this trade deadline. I think it's going to be uh, a lot. Of, I think Portland's name is going to come up a lot in the conversations because they have two first-round draft picks now uh, in this upcoming draft. Uh, so I'm sure that people will talk about them a lot. Uh, obviously, there's some things with the trade deadline, like Alan Crabb having veto power over a trade until next summer. Uh, so there, there's little things here and there. Um, but should we do some some questions yeah, before we uh, – I think we already answered this one from at Rich Homie Flom from uh, Clips Nation. He asked us, do we think the D- CJ Dame backcourt is one the Blazers should keep long term? I think we agree on that. We think they should still keep yeah. them. I-, I-, I think so. Uh, I think we we have a timeline, though. Like we have a, There's a timeline, I think. But we're giving it like another year and a half to yeah. two years. Yeah, agreed. So, uh, yeah. So if that's long term, then yes. Um, and then, um, we have at OG jailblazer. We need a quality big ESPN's Mark Stein says that Yusuf Nurkic is available. Should we go after him? Dane thoughts on Yusuf Nurkic? Uh, I mean, I feel like that's, is that like a proven commodity? That's really about, about what you'd be giving up, right? It's like, uh, probably are you, I don't know that I want to trade anybody for on the Blazers for that. I mean, because Mo Harkless has been so – I'm like a big Mo Harkless fan, so maybe that's tough for me because he's like – he's the new Aminu, right? He shoots better than Aminu. He has to switch on to power forwards. He has to also guard uh, point guards, and he gets paid a dumb amount of money that's way too low for whatever value he's going to have at the end of his contract. Love that. I'm not sure if I want to give that up for a guy that might not actually put the Blazers into the next position. So – uh, if you get it for, you know, if, if the Nuggets were having a fire sale or something, um, maybe. But I don't – and then, like, the same thing, Alan Crabb, like, that's overvalued for him. And Alan Crabb would, isn't going to, like, waive his no-trade clause he gets sent to Denver. So, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like a lot, maybe. And maybe if Olshay has something in mind with that pick. But I would part with the Cleveland pick for use of yes. Nurkic. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, the, the end, of, end of the first e- round. Easy, yeah. easy. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's not that great of a pick, but – I think they traded. I mean, they got Denver a couple of years ago. They got two firsts for Mozgov, so I don't think Portland should send both of their firsts to Denver. But they could. I'm sure they could get. Uh, maybe if they if they put if they attach that Cleveland first to some to something, maybe maybe there's a discussion Agreed. there. Uh, so uh, and then one that is is not related to the Blazers at all uh, from at Mark Brisbois. Thoughts on President Obama's pardon of Willie McCovey for tax evasion? What? Apparently, Ob- Obama pardoned a lot of people today, including Chelsea he Manning. Did, he did pardon Chelsea Manning. Oh wow! Yeah, he did. He did it. He when did I it went today, to the, when I went real. to the gym, I was on Twitter. Everybody's mad about it because he didn't. So that's crazy. No, he did. Uh, he did pardon Chelsea Manning today, and then he also pardoned former San Francisco Giants baseball player Willie McCovey, uh, who was not in jail or anything. But they just expunged his record. That seems so. um, oddly specific. Yeah. Yeah. Seems. Uh, yeah. But hey, good. Good. Did for he you. happen to pardon my you, student Willie. loans? That's a good question. I, Is there like a website I can yeah, check? Yeah. I want. What about yeah. mine? Well, I keep getting all these. I keep getting all these emails. You know, from uh, for the for the ACA, where it's like they really want you to sign up, and it's like we only have like three days left for you to even exist. Like, uh, stop sending me emails. And also, I'm on the Washington plan. But uh, in any case, it's like, um, 
maybe you know the, the, if that's happening if that's still happening maybe maybe student loans could maybe just go away like it's just it's not a big deal or anything it's just a little bit of money it's like it's no big deal yeah hey i, I i'm there with you too I, I i would love there's still what we got what three days left so let's 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 yeah. get it let's get that let's get that uh the pardon of our student loans uh maybe we can give there's a promo code or something we can give <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna add to, him i'm to, just gonna add him on Twitter, yeah, yeah. Before yeah, before what's his face takes over that Twitter account, right? Exactly. Um. All right. So I think that's that's good. Uh. On today's episode, Dane, thank you for joining me. Uh. Had a lot of fun. Uh. Anything you want to plug uh, for for the folks? Yeah, out I had there? a a new uh, video go up on Blazers Edge today. It's about a set the Blazers run. I called it Blazers Box Spain. That's not what it's actually called because you know every team calls calls their sets something different. But I mean, just named it off of the team that ran it. What what the set is and what the actions that happen in it. It's a fun little set. The Blazers really added a lot of wrinkles this season uh, for both their guards and but also you know, obviously a lot of uh, interesting stuff for Evan Turner. I kind of want to get into so that might happen next month. Uh, but this month it was uh, something that's a, a real sort of a some deception tactics and knowledge of uh, how people rotate on defense and programming that into a set. The Blazers ran, I mean, they ran it a couple times in one game this last like two weeks or whatever. It's kind of, kind of funny. So uh, yeah, check that out. It's over at Blazers edge. You can also find it on my YouTube channel at uh, youtube.com slash Dane, not Dan. So it's called uh Blazers of box Spain. That's, that's what I got going on this week. Okay. All right. Blazers in box Spain. Check it out on Blazers edge. We will be back after uh, the Blazers take on the Charlotte Hornets tomorrow in Charlotte. Charlotte's struggling a little bit, but as you know, the Blazers uh, don't—they're not—they e- don't take anyone uh, very easily. So, or uh, so, yeah. All right, uh, we'll be back with you after the Charlotte game, and until then.